freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. everybody welcome to episode number 226 of gun freedom radio where we engage we educate and we inform we are brought to you by azfirearms.com your nationwide hometown gun shop i am one of your hosts cheryl todd and i'm the other guy dan todd our theme today is winning in the courts, mm -hmm. and our guest is Holly Sullivan. Holly currently serves as the president of the Connecticut Citizens Defense League, a 27,000-member nonpartisan grassroots organization devoted to advocating rights affirmed by the Constitution of the United States and the state of Connecticut. Absolutely. Welcome to the show, Holly. Hi, Cheryl and Dan. How are you? We are great, and I know that you must be feeling pretty good, too, because we are following up today uh, from our previous interview just a few short weeks ago when you had told us that there was a lawsuit that the uh, CCDL, the Ke Connecticut, what is it? Connecticut Citizens Defense League, <laughs> easy for me to say, um, filed against your governor, Ned Lamont, and several municipal police chiefs to stop their blatant and ongoing violations of your members' right to keep and bear arms, as well as other constitutional rights. So uh, fill us in, what has happened since we talked last? Right, so um, for anybody who missed the last episode, essentially what happened in the state of Connecticut is that when the COVID epidemic happened, um, our governor, stopped a mandate that says that the police have to fingerprint applicants for their pistol permits. The state law says police departments must do the fingerprinting. Not all states even require fingerprinting, but Connecticut sure does. Um, and the legislature has in the law that the police department must accept your fingerprints and take those prints. Um, however, uh, the governor issued an executive order that due to coronavirus, police departments do not need to take fingerprints of applicants for pistol permits. And, um, you know, we, that started in March. I reached out to the governor's office in April saying, hey, look, we've got to come up with a solution here because we're now a month in that uh, residents of the state of Connecticut have not been able to apply for a new pistol permit to, uh, to possess or purchase firearms. Um, and we received no recognition from the governor whatsoever, no acknowledgement of our communication, our attempt to work with the governor's office to find some sort of amicable solution. Um, so then in a few weeks after giving him some time to, uh, to reach back to us, we wound up filing in federal court. Um, and a temporary injunction has been issued by a federal court telling the governor's office that they must remove that um, statement that police departments could bypass that requirement. So uh, we are very, very pleased that a federal court said 
that the governor of Connecticut was impeding the right to keep and bear arms. That is fantastic. I mean, it's horrible that you have a governor who is impeding. That part is not fantastic. But the fact that there are tools uh, in play, tools available to be used, and that you have an organization who is taking the responsibility seriously, and the Connecticut Citizens Defense League definitely does that uh, very much so under your leadership as president. And so what, what is the practical implication and application of what the federal courts have said? So essentially, they, they gave the governor just a couple business days and said within, by Monday, June 14th, they had to have lifted um, that uh, executive order, had to uh, resume, or I'm sorry, Monday, July, or June 15th, that the uh, police departments had to resume uh, printing, or at least I should say, let me rephrase this. The governor's executive order technically said that the police department did not have to abide by the law, and the injunction said that the governor had to lift that order, saying that the police department did not have to abide by the law. Very good. And then has that actually happened? In the vast majority of towns, it has. Um, there are a couple of departments that uh, seem to have gotten the memo a little bit late, and we are working on them to say, hey, guys, this is, you know, we're reaching out to each and every one of them and saying you have got to get back on track. You are in violation of state law. Um, so, but the vast majority of Connecticut police departments have resumed fingerprinting. Um, a lot of uh, applicants do have to make an appointment or they might have set window of hours, but that's been the case here for, for many years and, and we wish it was a little bit easier, but it is uh, getting back on track. That is so awesome. Um, are you finding that uh, there are other uh, Citizens Defense Leagues around the nation? Do you feel like maybe they're like leaning in a little bit, listening and, and, and seeing and being encouraged by, by your success? I mean, absolutely. And to that point, it's other organizations as well that inspired me and my organization, you know, so it's kind of a, a cyclical thing where I think that we see successes in other places and we say, hey, we can do that. And then there's also, you know, national organizations out there that are just so phenomenal, like Second Amendment Foundation, um, you know, some of those groups that you just look at their legal successes and say, we could do that too. Um, and, and I think it's important that every advocacy group be tuned into what happens in the judicial system so that they know how to use that tool like you said um because that that is our balance of power right is that the judicial system is there to weigh in on the law i think the citizens ought to, ought to get together in connecticut and say due to the covid you are no longer the governor of connecticut <laughs> that would be amazing uh, i think there'd be a lot of people on board with that um, but yeah, it's been, you know, it's interesting and it, it, it is, uh, it's one of those things that are a lot of people make a lot of excuses. Well, well, we don't want people to get sick and we don't want people to get sick either. We absolutely understand. However, this is not the first sickness that's happened in the United States and it certainly won't be the last. So how do we find a way that the rights of the people remain strong and you balance that with what's going on in America today. And unfortunately, uh, our governor didn't do that. Yeah. Well, uh, again, I'm glad that you had the tools, used the tools, and had the success. Um, so what are some of the, the future implications of this? Do you feel that maybe since you were successful at kind of slapping back the hand of, of government overreach, 
that that things might get start getting better or what do you think the real true implications might be moving forward well, it's really interesting. Um, the attorney general uh, had stated uh, when, when we first filed suit, um, he essentially stated that the case had no merit and he wasn't worried about it. And um, our attorney general had previously served in our legislature before he was elected to, uh, to his current position and was a um, very outspoken, um, I don't want to, well, let's say he wasn't on the same wavelength with us when it came to gun rights, right? So <laughs> he was very dismissive of our case when it first happened. And I think uh, to have a federal judge say, no, you are in the wrong here sends a very clear message. Um, and I think that that's something that won't be forgotten, uh, I think, throughout our capital city. I think that's wonderful. I, I because we're both delegates of the, the DC project and we uh, go to, to Washington DC once a year. We weren't able to go this year, of course, because of stupid COVID. Uh, but we've been in offices uh, all of people all over the nation. I'm from Arizona, you're from Connecticut, but we get to go together in groups. And so I get to experience different people's um, legislators. And I've actually had the experience um, of kind of having that little pat on the head. It's a verbal thing, but had a little verbal pat on the head and like, oh, you're so cute. Now shuffle on now, you know, run, run along now and go, go play with your, your idea of rights. And I'm getting the idea that, that uh, your, is it Ned Lamont, your governor, Ned Lamont, he, he thought maybe he was going to get to do that to you and your organization. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think, you know, it was one of the earlier executive orders that was issued um, when COVID happened. It was Executive Order 7E. Um, so, you know, it didn't take them very long to uh, to put that in place, but absolutely. And I think that it's really important that people aren't afraid to use their voice, find a constructive way to do it. Um, you know, we're, we're we're in a civilized society where we're fighting with our words and our actions and our, our, our funding and all of those different tools that we have. And don't be afraid to say, you're in the wrong on this. I will prove that you're in the wrong on this and we're going to do it the right way. That doesn't necessarily, you know, you look at the, the world around us and there's so much going on with looting and rioting and violence and it doesn't have to always be that way. Um, we have a lot of tools available to us uh, in our society to, uh, find a voice and tell big government enough is enough. Well, um, so Holly, does the state of Connecticut's constitution have a rule in there that if COVID happens that they could become rulers? <laughs> it actually does not, believe it or not. No, it doesn't. In fact, the Connecticut constitution actually says that the people have the right to keep and bear arms in defense of self and state in defense of self and state. So how can I possibly defend the state? You can't even get a permit. Yeah. And now yeah. mind you, in the state of Connecticut, you can't even buy a firearm without a permit. You can't buy a single round of ammunition without a permit, all of that ceased. So new owners who wanted to go in and, and if you didn't already have a permit, you're not buying a gun, you're not buying ammunition. So that's a direct violation, not only of our second amendment rights, but our state constitution as well. So if I wanted to move to Connecticut and I brought all my guns with me, I'd be a felon? Yeah, so unfortunately, if you were to bring in any of the assault weapons that were banned uh, post Sandy Hook, 
uh, you can't bring them into the state anymore. There was a one time period of time to get those registered. Um, any new resident to the state of Connecticut cannot bring them here uh, ever again. Or, you know, so Is that in the Constitution too? No, believe it or not, it doesn't say anything about that in our Constitution. Hmm. That is craziness how that we've seen the line move so far over the years and it's different in different states, different cities across the nation. But, you know, every time I read our constitution our, uh, and our bill of rights for, for the entire nation, I still don't see an asterisk in there. It still says shall not be infringed. And so, um, you know, hopefully the measures that your group just took and the measures that other groups are taking. And I, I hate that everything has to be settled in the courts these days, it seems, but at least we do have that tool that we can slowly, slowly put the line back where our founders placed it in the first place. And that was, shall not be infringed. Holly, thank you very much for doing what you do, because uh, if you didn't do it, then where would we be today in Connecticut? So thank you very much. Yeah, it's, very happy to. Thank you. And we always say, you know, in our organization, we say, if not you, then who? And if not now, then when? And um, I, I would love if, you know, folks who were caught in that um, period of time that they were not able to exercise those rights, that they get on board with us because they've seen it firsthand. They may have been some of the same legislators that they've voted for in years past, but when people were feeling insecure about the ability to protect their own families, they've come to us and say, how do I get a gun quickly? And we say, unfortunately, you can't. Right. So let's get that fixed. Let's get that fixed. All right. Well, tell folks just before we run away, how do they join in on the fight with uh, CCDL? Sure. You just go to ccdl.us and there is a click to become a member. Uh, there is no cost to join us. We are a free organization. We will always be a free organization and we welcome members from all over the country. Fantastic. Thank you so much for all you do, Miss Holly Sullivan of the Connecticut Citizens Defense League. Thank you. Thanks, Holly. Thank you, Holly. Bye-bye. Bye. Wow. So, you know, I need everybody to listen to that, that, you know, just, that organization of 27,000 people were able to make a change. Yeah, that is a drop in the bucket of the overall um, population of our nation. But when you combine and condense and you focus your energy together, really important things can happen. Because really, it seems to me that when we see stuff change really dramatically in the wrong direction, constitutionally speaking it's usually one or two people yes it's, it's just one or two people but and i everybody just caves they're yeah. just like oh oh it's too scary to stand up and and actually fight for the things that our founding fathers and mothers fought bled starved and died to so secure. we got this pocket constitution really cool you know real short we've shown it to you before and i'm thinking maybe there's two versions of this no maybe this is the rights version Mm -hmm. And that there's an anti-rights version because I look in the back of the book, there's not a blank page where you can add things to it. <laughs> and is it, there must be one because how can, how could anybody let the governor of Connecticut do what he's doing? Even the fact that you have to get a, a permit to own a gun and that you can't have an AR-15 
How does he get away with that when he has an oath to take with this? So tell me how that happens and why are the people of Connecticut and other states allowing this to happen? Why? Is this no good anymore? Is there one that has, you can add to it? I don't know, but that makes me really mad. I want to go to Connecticut. I want to move to Connecticut. Just to be a rabble rouser. I want to be 27,001. And one going to join the CCDL. You know, that's an interesting point is that you can be a member of the CCDL and not live right. in Connecticut. You can financially support them. Uh, I joined, I'm a member and I live in Arizona. So because I see the work they're doing, it's important work. What happens in one state will impact every state. And so um, I would encourage you, even if you don't live in that state, you can be that 27,001 right from, right from here, right from wherever you're sitting, listening to the sounds of our voices. But what do we do about that? The fact that the Constitution is the law, mm -hmm. it's been recognized for 200 years plus. Mm -hmm. What can we do about that? The, the people that aren't following the Constitution are... We can take them to court, we go through the expense, and they just go, oh, okay, I won't do that anymore. It has nothing, it doesn't affect them. The, the governor, all you did was probably put a little fire up his butt that the next time he's going to do something even worse. So it's, the best shot we have, Dan, because I don't have a crystal ball, I don't have all the book of answers necessarily, but is to be more proactive. And we have a, a, an election coming up. People, right. The primaries are already happening all over the nation. We're sitting in the studio on Monday, July 6th of 2020. If we don't vote in, in the first place, the people that are going to put their hand up, their right hand up and lie on their oath, lie when they're taking their oath and say that they're going to protect and defend and uphold the Constitution, if we don't elect those people in the first place, then we won't have to use the courts to undo all of their unconstitutional efforts later on. Um, and, you know, we're trying to do it here on this show. We engage, we educate, and we inform. It's the best that we personally can hope to do. And because we are so blessed to live in this time and, and place in the world's history, we can sit in Arizona sit in a room in Arizona, we can talk to people digitally all over the world, really, and exchange ideas and inspire people. So, you know, when we thank our, our listeners every single episode, and we say thank you for listening, and not just listening, but then talking. Engaging. Engaging, yep. talking yourself in, in your uh, sphere of influence so that these messages don't just die right here in this room. So what we do we do? Keep moving forward. So, you know, I know we say, okay, well, we're not going to vote for anybody that doesn't believe in the Constitution. So then they go, well, who believes in the Constitution? And you look, and the only way to do this, I mean, I look and I, I get sucked into Facebook and Instagram and all that, and I see how Biden are wanting to be president. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm not... I'm not knocking him, but he says, you know, he's been in office for 40 years. He's been vice president and he was going to make some changes to make America better. Well, what happened the last 40 years? 
he hasn't fixed anything. This in is going to be years. the magic moment, and, though. Right. This, this is the yeah, time. Just one more time. So the the thing I'm saying is that when you when you hear people say they're for the Constitution, look at their record in the past. Does it sound like the Pelosi's and who's the other one that's anti-gun? Feinstein or Frankenstein or whatever her name is. Um, Don't do that. How, how, as far as the Constitution goes, I can because they they spit on the Constitution. Well, they do, but it doesn't. Okay. It doesn't. Well, I um, I know, and I and I, but I don't. I didn't call names. I didn't remember I'm just not her a name, fan and of I that. and I apologize to all the all that you know. But here's the th- how did the that one guy's never mind. I apologize. Yeah. Anyway, look, um, I get angry when I see that there's people that we have elected that don't follow the constitution. So forgive me for saying name calling. I didn't remember her name and that's how I helped to remember it. But we have got to find a way to, we need to either get rid of the constitution or make it right. You know, follow the constitution. Hmm. So I guess pick a side because especially this election, there's no fences to sit on, right? I mean, no. I, no, you, you can't, can't see what any, any line you've got to decide, does the second amendment matter or does it not? And for us, that is our, our main so are you focus. A, are you one of those voters that say, well, if I don't like this guy, I'm not going to vote for him, but I really hate the other guy. I'm not going to vote for him. So I'm going to vote for a guy in the middle. What, how are you, how are you on that? I mean, you know what I'm saying, right? I do know what you're saying. And that is always, you know, it's a difficult question to answer because um, how I vote, how I make my decision is how I do it. And it's not a, an indictment of how anybody else does it. And I think too often that is what happens is people say, well, I'm going to vote my conscience, Right. And the implication is that, well, you're not voting your conscience if you're doing it some other way. Um, And so I'm not going to answer that question. The only way I answer that question is that I am a single issue voter. It is the Second Amendment, period. And then if you have two candidates who seem fairly similar on that topic, well, then I'll start going to how they've done their job uh, in on other issues, but the second amendment truly, it is, uh, it represents how a candidate or an elected official, uh, views their own personal purpose for the job. Is it about their power or is it about being a representative of their constituents? It, it explains to me how they feel about their power, how they feel about civil rights, human rights, women's rights, and um, even the First Amendment, because the Second Amendment is the or else, right? Right. That helps make sure that our First Amendment rights are are respected. So um, it really does, the Second Amendment encapsulates a lot for me, and it tells me a lot about, um, and, and so this, I got to switch gears for a second. The way that different elected officials have interacted based on COVID, right? How much they've overreached, how much they've used a, a, an or else in their, their mandates. Um, 
that tells me very much if they can't be trusted with that, then how am I going to trust them that they aren't going to find some reason to overreach with anything else, including right. the So it's just a mask right now, but it could be guns, the next issue, or it could oh, be yeah. air travel or anything else. And, you know, I, that's got a bad feeling in my stomach because I listen to people on the radio all the time. And I try to learn from what I don't like about radio. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I hate, mm -hmm. I hate it, is when somebody calls somebody a name on the radio. And you just did And I just did it. Shame. So I can publicly apologize for that <laughs> and tell you that that is not me. But I am, I am really angry. When I hear that the state, if somebody has to sue a governor for our constitutional rights, win that case, and there's no, nothing happens to the governor. I know. He just, it's just, it's more taxpayers' money. Big deal. We can get more of that. Mm -hmm. When I see these things happen, it makes me very angry. And, you know, we're film, we're uh, recording in June. July. I mean, July. July. And there's a lot of stuff going on. You know, they're trying to erase our history. They're taking statues down. And I wanted to ask Cheryl. Cheryl, behind us, we have Abraham Lincoln Memorial, uh, a Yadro. There. Yes. Are you going to take that down? Yeah, I'm not one of those people that thinks that if you tear down. No, we're not taking it down. In a fact, statue probably... that you undo whatever it is that right. you think you're angry about because people are, they're destroying statues that of people and events that they sh they would profess to agree with. So that whole thing is just nonsense to right. me. It's like temper tantrums happening. Uh, adults and children's bodies and i i can't i really can't think of a way that somebody could gain my respect if that's their way of of behaving in the world so let's take the concentration camps in germany if any monument if any physical reminder anywhere you would think that it would have been flattened, burned, buried, you know, maybe beautiful gardens planted there instead. You would think that would be the place, but they have not done that. And why have they not done that? Well, it's weird. That's interesting because no, they didn't, but you know what they did do in Germany after that, anybody that had Nazi medals, things like that, could not sell them, basically had to destroy them. But there's, there is a difference there. I, I don't think it's much of a difference because history is history to me. But I can understand to uh, make a living off selling uh, things that were hated, hate crimes. I, I do see a problem there. It's like the history of America and the KKK. There's memorabilia out there. And I won't sell it in our... We've had it come across the auction floor a couple of times at Pot of Gold Auctions. And I, I won't let it go. It's not because... But it is history. And so for somebody to keep it and save it, that's their right. But to idolize it or to profit from it, it's not for me. But I will tell you this. An old wise man told me that, you know, destroying our history is not going to change who you are today. Mm -hmm. It's not. And it doesn't change what happened. But it can. But it changes the ability for people to learn right. from it, what happened, which will. is why I believe that the concentration camps have been preserved in Germany so that it is a stark and physical reminder 
that this happened. It, it was happen horrible. Yeah. And if we aren't learning from it, we're going to possibly head down that road again. And there's people that say that can't happen again after World War II, but yet other things of that kind of examples have happened into modern times. Mm -hmm. So it's a condition of the human heart for sure. And a statue standing or not standing is, is not going to change that. But the fact that a statue would stand there gives us an opportunity to go, who is that person? God, could you imagine? Why, why is that statue there? And maybe it would, maybe it would make you angry when you learned about the person. And then you can use that to teach the next generation. See that guy there? He's got this statue and this is what he did. And it makes me mad that he's there. But um, if I really want it gone, then there is a process, not just showing up with a bunch of my angry friends and ripping it down or defacing it. Right. You know, we've been married 35 years and, you know, we've, we've made some mistakes in our time. Do we forget those mistakes? No. no. What point would there be in that? Then we didn't right. learn and we're going to have to do it all over again. Right. So, so it's important to, to remember what, so even family, history, whatever. Yeah. It's good to remember. For sure. Hey, what are we doing? We are wrapping up. Well, shouldn't we thank our listeners and our guests? I think we'll thank our awesome listeners. Um, truly, uh, what we do here would matter not nearly so much if it weren't for our amazing listeners. And how do people listen and watch? Well, you can tune in on YouTube or GunStreamer or the OpsLens app if you want to watch a video of, of the guests that we've had on. And you can binge listen all you want to your heart's content. You can, and you did that quite well. Uh, and if you like to just have the audio version, then you can go to our website, gunfreedomradio.com, click the on-demand tab, and as Danny so eloquently said, you can binge listen to your heart's content and now he's mocking me uh and then if you want to see pictures and bios and links to the works of all of our guests click the guest tab it is a tremendous resource uh and we don't hate it when you spend time there so uh until next time oh and thank you to our guest yes. holly sullivan and uh, the connecticut citizens defense league for all the amazing work that they are doing you know, that's probably not easy work either. There's probably times that, man, I'd rather be doing something else than doing this. I'm sure. I'm sure. But it's necessary. And yeah. she has a daughter. Many of the members have children and grandchildren. And we all understand that we are the standard bearers, right? To move freedom forward and then to hand the baton to the next generation. So anyway. Uh, thank you to uh, Miss Holly for the work that she does. And um, until, until next time. Until next time. What do we do? Wait till next time. Well, we do wait till next time. But in, in that waiting, we hope that everyone is praying for our nation. So please pray for our nation. Could we extend this a little bit? You know, could you listen to your neighbors and have a conversation instead of an argument and be open and listen? Because if you're open, they'll be open. And That's you can true. get you can probably get something figured out. That's can true. we do that too? And then do we have to pray for our leaders? <laughs> we do have to pray for our leaders. Okay. We have to pray for, for each other and pray for our neighbors that we disagree with. Um, I mean, all of them, Dan. All of them? Even the ones you don't like. Okay. Especially the ones you don't like. 
Have a great week. Be good to each other. And God bless. Bye-bye.